This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grosser Show live and in living color. You know where. 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number if you want to be part of the program. And why the heck wouldn't you want to be? Am I right? Julian Kushnick, Harvey Cruz, they're with me as well. They're my buddies. They're producing the program tonight. And, yes, it is not a full three-hour vehicle, but pretty damn close. As close as you're going to get to with it actually not being full. Two and a half hours. We'll take it right up until 930. Then we'll turn things over to Pat O'Keefe. He's got Nick pregame for you. Nick's Nuggets, the Nikola Jokic-less Denver Nuggets, as the Knicks try to make it two for two on this West Coast swing. And you know what? Hey. You take it when you can get it. Unfortunately, with the Knicks, it's been this kind of like win one, lose one, win one, lose one. That's like been the streak that they've been on here for the last week or so. And, you know, if you want to begin to turn the corner and establish yourself as more of a winning, consistent program, uh, you got to win games consistently. So, look, the NBA's most valuable player ain't in the lineup tonight. Maybe they get an opportunity to maybe steal one tonight. You hope so. Maybe carry over the positive vibes from last night. So we'll get into all that for sure. And you can get me on Twitter at Dan Gross at G-R-A-C-A. A lot of football later on in the program. Because we've been on very sporadically over the last few weeks due to the, you know, Knicks and Rangers obligations, we haven't had a chance to do our Behind Enemy Lines feature, which we are going to bring back tonight, as a matter of fact, because I don't know if you heard, it's a big football game on Sunday between the Jets, between the Patriots, Foxborough, Right. Second game in the last three that the Jets will have played against the New England Patriots. So our good buddy, Greg Bedard, Boston Sports Journal, he's going to join me a little bit later on at 8 o'clock. Talk about the Pats, the team that has beaten the Jets, oh, 13 consecutive times. And I would say now's as good a time as any to see if you can end that streak because first place is on the line, among others. And I know that, you know, they don't hand out prizes and stuff like that 10 weeks into the season, but this is a big game, to say the least if you are the New York Jets or a fan of the New York Jets. And, of course, you can hear every snap, every play, starting at 11 a.m. on Sunday right here on 98.7. Myself and Buttle with the pregame. Bob and Marty have the call. So we'll talk to Greg, a little Patriots insight a little bit later on in the program. We'll snoop in here. And, you know, there was something that happened earlier today in baseball, a trade involving the Toronto Blue Jays, which could have ramifications as far as I'm concerned, as far as the New York Mets matter and we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show we will do some nba with justin termini my buddy from nba radio sirius xm nba radio he'll join us at nine o'clock just before we hand things off to the nick broadcast here and i think that the knicks believe it or not it's a good place to start the show tonight you know look you go into a game like that yesterday really with kind of little expectations at least i did Because if you witness Sunday's outing against Oklahoma City with your own two eyes, you really then just began to wonder, all right, where is this ship heading? Right? Like, where is the program going? Because if you really put forward a no-show effort like you did against Oklahoma City, where you allow them to score 145 points, you start to ask yourself questions. Like, is the team checked out already? I mean, after all, we're, you know, 12, 13 games into the season. If the team can't even D up, and defense is a byproduct of effort. Nothing more, nothing less. And if they're checked out already that soon into the season, you have to wonder where this thing is going to go moving forward, right? Are they starting to tune out the head coach? Are guys starting to play for themselves and not necessarily as a whole and as a unit, which would be a pretty damning reflection, I think, on a lot of people if it happens this early into the year. 
But thankfully, last night, that didn't happen. And I was a little surprised about that. Like I said, I mean, after all, law of averages were working against the Knicks last night. Utah hadn't lost a game on their home floor. The Knicks had not beaten the team with a winning record all season long. So you add up those two things alone. You didn't think that maybe the odds were going to be in the Knicks' favor. So I was pleasantly surprised to see that they went out there and actually put forward a winning effort. And not only a winning effort, they were actually able to sustain the lead. You know, fourth quarter, that was still a nip-and-tuck basketball game. You thought that Utah would be the ones to make the plays because, after all, they were home. Knicks struggled in certain situations against the good teams. But they locked down. And for the most part, look, it wasn't a gem. It wasn't like virtuoso, you know, bad boys Pistons or Knicks 90s defense under Pat Riley, but it was a marked improvement from what we saw on Sunday against Oklahoma City. So it's something that you can build off of, right? It's something that maybe you grow from. And now you take it into Denver tonight. They're missing their best player, a guy who's arguably one of the top two, three players in the league in Jokic. And maybe you see if you can win a couple of games together, right? How about, I mean, the novel idea, you win a couple of games together. You know, when you look at this road trip, and I try to extend it, beyond just these five games on the road because I think that it's fair to look at it that way it's not just about what are you going to do on the road because as I mentioned yesterday when we were on think about what you have when you get back to MSG you got Portland and Memphis two straight games those are damn good basketball teams those two teams have assassins that could give the Knicks problems in Dame and of course John Morant then you go to Detroit and then you come back to MSG for a homestand that features oh the likes of Milwaukee, Dallas, Cleveland, Atlanta. I, I mean, this is a tricky stretch of games here for the next few weeks. And so don't even look at it as, well, you know, you'll settle for one or two wins out on this West Coast trip. No, 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 no. Because if you ask me, the wins when you get back to your home gym are going to be even just as difficult to come by than even what you would be anticipating on this road trip. So get them when you can get them. See, the beauty of wins in sports and in the NBA, like we're talking about here, the best part about it is, you know what? Wins don't go bad. They really don't. They don't have an expiration date. Like, wins are not like the milk that you buy at the grocery store. There's no expiration date on them. If you win a game in November, you know what? It counts just as much in March and April when you're starting to size up who's going to the playoffs and who's going home. It's a wonderful thing. So if I'm the Knicks and if I'm Tom Thibodeau, I'm telling my guys, you know what? Win some games. Stack them up. Because we're going to need them before it's all said and done. I mean, you have to look at things that way. Now, if you noticed last night, one of the things that Tibbs did, and you, and, you, know, you had a few days off, and you wondered how he was going to maybe approach this. I mean, look, after you have a game like you did on Sunday, you're going to have to maybe tinker with some stuff. You just can't go out there with the same game plan, same rotation, same unit, all those things, and expect the same results, or else you'd be a fool. He shortened that rotation last night. There were only four guys that got off the bench in that entire game. One in particular that remained nailed to the bench throughout the entire evening was Evan Fournier. And I don't want to sit here and take victory laps because you know what? If I did that, I probably wouldn't be the only one. Because if you know anything about basketball, last summer, when I say last summer, I'm talking summer of 21. You know, when the Knicks signed Evan Fournier and when they brought in Kemba Walker... I think that, like, maybe fans got caught up in this, like, nostalgia trip a little bit, thinking that, like, Kemba, the local product, right? UConn, Big East tournament at the Garden, the heroics and all that stuff that, 
you know, maybe we were going to turn back the clock and you were going to get vintage Kemba from over a decade ago. Not the case. And Fournier, you know, I understand NBA money is almost like Monopoly money with how it gets thrown around and dished out to players who maybe aren't necessarily even worth it. I didn't love the Fournier signing. I mean, I didn't think that that's a guy that you're bringing in here that's going to be part of a team that's going to go to the promised land or at least contend for a big-time playoff berth with him being your starting two-guard. And I understand that last year, you know, if you want to get into, like, stats and numbers and all those things, set a Knicks franchise record for three-pointers made in the season. Okay, that's great. But three-pointers now in the NBA, I mean, that kind of, you have to take it with some sort of context. Think about how prevalent the three-point shot is in, in professional basketball now compared to how it was 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Right now, all teams do are shoot threes. So, yeah, I would hope so if the guy's M.O. is shooting and if he's going to chuck up three-pointers all season long and stay healthy and remain durable and get his minutes, I would hope that he would set some sort of record when it comes to three-point shooting. It's no different than some of these records you're seeing right now in the NFL with the quarterbacks and the passing yards and wide receivers catching passes. It's more of a pass-happy league than it ever was at any given time. So you have to put it into proper context. But Fournier didn't play last night. And he already had his spot taken out of the starting lineup, which I have no problems with. But now where he's not even going to play in these games, I mean, Tom Thibodeau was out there saying, you know what, we're trying to win. And we're going to put the best group out there that gives us the best possibility to win games. And I'm cool with that. I I really and truly am. Cam Reddish, you have to run with this opportunity. And I think the Knicks see that. You know, he's shown some good things. And right now, when I think about, okay, who's going to give us the most consistency and maybe the most upside at that position in the starting lineup, I think he's the guy you got to roll with right now. As ugly as Sunday was, he was at least one of the guys that put forward a pretty decent, honest effort and something that was worth watching. And I thought that he flashed pretty well last night, too. So this was a guy who had all the talent in the world coming out of Duke. He was a guy that, you know, if given the right opportunity, maybe that talent would come through, and he's already had to bounce around between a couple of teams. I'm not saying that this is the end-all, be-all. I'm not saying that Cam Reddish is a future all-star in the making or anything like that, but I'd rather see him be given the minutes than somebody like Evan Fournier because with Evan Fournier, you know what you're getting. And it's just, eh. Right? It's, eh. Evan Fournier is a guy who's a placeholder. Evan Fournier belongs on a team that's rebuilding, you know, that maybe isn't a serious, legitimate playoff threat. Let him go play his 30, 35 minutes a night for that team. You know, let him go out there and shoot his three-pointers, get his, you know, 15 to 20 points a game. You know, that's where Evan Fournier belongs. I don't know if he belongs on a team like this. Let Evan Fournier go to a team like Charlotte, Orlando. Well, he was in Orlando already, but you know what I'm saying? That's where he belongs. So, yeah, let me see Cam Reddish. I know that Grimes isn't getting the minutes that maybe all fans wanted him to get yet, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say part of that is going to be attributed to still the issues he's having with the foot, that he's not 100%, and I think that they're maybe guarding him a little bit, and they don't want him to go out there and possibly re-injure it and set him back to where he misses two and a half months, and then it's going to be another wasted year where you don't know what you have in this guy. But in the meantime, if you're going to tell me that a young player – Like, Reddish is going to get minutes, and he's going to produce, and he's going to help this team maybe win some games along the way? Fine. Great. And that's, I think, how you should feel if you're a Knicks fan. 
Because right now, as things presently stand, you were looking at three spots in the starting five where you say, all right, Randall, RJ, Brunson, you kind of know what you're getting, right? You know what you got. But with Mitchell Robinson out, that five spot is, it's like a black hole. And I'm not sitting here trying to, you know, dump on Isaiah Hartenstein. He is what he is, but he shouldn't be starting. You know, I liked what he was giving them off the bench, but he shouldn't be in the starting lineup here. But if Reddish can actually give you something where Evan Fournier was giving you nothing, to me, that you check off that box is a positive, and maybe things are starting to move somewhat, somewhat in the right direction here for this team. Maybe. 800-919-3776, that is our telephone number. So you know what? We'll see what happens tonight. Go beat the Denver Nuggets. It's not impossible. Two-time MVP, he ain't going to be in the lineup. Go win the game. And look, it's a tough trip. It's a tough trip, that Utah-Denver back-to-back, the altitude, all that stuff. That's tricky on guys. Anybody who goes on the road and been in the NBA, that's what they'll tell you. That is as difficult a trip as you can make if you're not used to it. Okay, Denver's not lost a game at home yet this season. So the Knicks are going to have that challenge on their hands. As a matter of fact, Denver's the only team that's still undefeated at home in the NBA. We'll see what they could do. We'll take your calls. Like I said, we'll be all over the map tonight. Plenty on the football and the baseball. When we come back, we'll talk Knicks and also... Nets decided not to show up last night in Sacramento, which was interesting. But more importantly, Kevin Durant decided to give an interview to Bleacher Report and said some things which are kind of um, interesting, to say the least. Dan Gross' show. We're with you until 9.30 tonight. Then it's Knicks basketball right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Remember, we're with you until 9.30 tonight. Then it's Nick's Nuggets coverage right here on 98.7 ESPN. By the way, programming reminder, PSA, however you want to term it, tomorrow, no show tomorrow night. Instead, you got to get up early. You got to set your alarm. You got to set your phone, whatever you do to alert yourself of such things. You know, tie a string on your finger like they used to do back in the day. Put a rubber band around your wrist. 10 a.m., another greenie vehicle. You, me, tomorrow, 10 a.m. to noon, right here on 98.7, local program. So mark your calendars accordingly, and that's what we're going to talk to you tomorrow. We'll be back 7 o'clock on Friday night, a football Friday show. That is almost a full show, too. That'll be 1 till 9.30. So we'll do Jordan on the Giants, Buttle on the Jets, our NFL picks, everything that we usually do when we're on on a football Friday for you. So we look forward to that. Uh, Talking Knicks, talking hoops, let's hear from the head coach 
of the New York Knickerbockers, Tom Thibodeau. I was talking about the rotation last night. You only saw nine guys get in the game. Nine guys. What led to the decision to shorten that rotation, Coach? Just the rhythm of it, you know, it's sort of like you're learning your team, what works best. Are guys able to get in a rhythm? You know, those are the questions you ask, and so that's that's why we did it. Hey, it works, right? I mean, if you go out there and you win a game, it works. So, look, I, I would be shocked. I'd be shocked if you don't see something similar again tonight, I think, going into the game. That's how he's probably going to look to employ it. Try to shorten it up, almost do like a, a college basketball coach because they don't play a lot of guys in college generally. But Tibbs was also quick to point out the fact that, you know what, hey, we only played four guys, but it was the bench. It was the bench that was key to the win. That group played really well. There was good activity with it. You know, like I think there's stretches where you have Derek, Quick, Cam, and then it's Derek Quick, RJ, and then I thought Obi really played well, like really well. I love the production that we got from Jericho, Obi, and Quick off the bench, and, and Derek as well. It brought the best out of everyone, and then having RJ with them, I think helped us as well. You know who intrigues me? I got. I mean, talked about Reddish. You know who else intrigues me? More and more with each passing game, I'm telling you, is Jericho Sims. I know he got a couple of starts under his belt. I'm not sitting here trying to say that he's ready for starting duty and things like that, which, you know, he's probably not yet. But last night, a double-double off the bench. You know, 11-13 and in 25 minutes. You'll sign up for that in a heartbeat if you're a Nick fan. In a heartbeat. And by the way, Obi, he was mentioning he was singling him out. How about a plus 23 for him last night? 18 minutes, he was plus 23. That's good production. That's good minutes. Is it sustainable? Eh. Don't know. But... There's stuff here that you could work with. It's obvious they don't have that superstar. We've talked about that a lot, you and I. They don't have that guy. They could have traded for him over the summer, right? He was sitting there in Utah. That's why TNT initially put that game last night on their schedule. That was supposed to be a TNT vehicle because everybody thought that Mitchell was going to be a Nick, except the Knicks. And when he wasn't, TNT said, thanks but no thanks. We'll put the Nets on and watch them give up 153 points. How'd that work out? All right, 800-919-3776. Let's get to the phones. Let's start it off with Lee. He is calling from Harlem. That's in New York. He's first on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Lee? Hey, how you doing? I got two points, one on the Knicks, one on the Giants. I was thinking that we could solve both local teams' problems. Trade for Kevin Durant. Give him Randall, Foyer, uh, Four picks, unprotected, and in the point card, Grimes, and try to keep what we can and see if we can make that deal happen. On the Giants, I think we could get the 12 wins, split with the Eagles, win the Dallas game, and split with the Washington, beat, beat the Lions. 12 wins to get us maybe a division. You never know. What you think? Well, first of all, I thank you for making the phone call. Bing bong. I don't know if either one of those two things are going to come true that you threw out there. First with Durant. How can I put this kindly? Kevin Durant is somebody that has the right of first refusal with any trade, right? He's got no trade clause. Pretty sure he does. And as far as him getting traded to the Knicks... KD don't want that smoke. 
He don't want that. Remember, he had an opportunity to play here. He had an opportunity to become a Nick. And he said, nope, I'm going to go to Brooklyn. Where there's bandwagon fans. Where they thought that they were going to maybe take some of the Nick fan base and the Nick media attention. They haven't. Decided to join forces with Kyrie. Hasn't worked out. Wanted to play for Kenny Atkinson because he watched all of his sets on YouTube and was just blown away and mesmerized at how much of an offensive coaching genius he was. Got him fired. I don't think that's the direction to go. As far as the Giants are concerned, you know what? Look, having a great year. Do I think the Giants are going to win 12 games, as Lee said? We got eight left, so you'd have to go five and three. Are there five more wins on the Giants' schedule? Maybe. Would I bet on it? No. I don't think you're getting five more. Get to 10 and go from there. I know the Eagles losing the other night is kind of maybe like got dreams going for Giant fans that maybe just maybe they could win the division. I think we got to pump those brakes a little bit, boys and girls. That's what I think. Got to, You got to pump the brakes. A little reality check. That's what I think. You're going to the playoffs. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm as dead set on that as you could be on anything. The Giants are going to the playoffs. Lock it up. But are they going to win the division? I mean, that's a lot to ask. You know, teams are going to slip up every now and then. It happened to Philadelphia the other night. It happens. Philadelphia's still a better team than they are. But you know what? If you want to win the division, you got two cracks at Philly. Beat them. Beat them. Prove it. You know, forget about Philly. Go to Dallas next week and beat the Cowboys. Because remember, they beat you in your place earlier this year. Go get revenge and beat the Cowboys. You want to win the division, beat the teams in your division. And don't sleep on the Lions either. Can't do that. And I don't think Dayball let it happen. You got to drill into the minds of your guys this week. That the Lions are the most important game on your schedule. That might as well be week 18, win to the playoffs, lose or go home. Because you cannot have these guys looking ahead to Thanksgiving, a trip to Dallas on a short week, getting revenge, division game. That's like it's not even on the schedule. It's got to be about the Lions and nobody else. Spike and St. Pete up next, 98.7 ESPN. Spike, good evening. How are you? I'm pretty good, Danny. Uh... Just between football and basketball, yeah. I'm a bigger hoops fan, as you know. Uh, sure. I, of of all the what is it football they play? It's 32 and how many and and uh, 80. Look, I don't think there's an outstanding team in, in both sports except for the Milwaukee Bucks when they finally get to be full strength. That's just my take after half a football season and 12 games. But here's what I saw last night. Your eye is, is a professional eye, and I, I, I was brought up from the Brown School, and that means Larry and Yubi. Those were my guys, the clinician and then the guy that uh, coached and won two championships. We all know the history. I agree with you 100%. Uh, real quick, I got to live with Julius Randle. My friend Buddha says even when he plays well, it's tough to watch. He's just tough to watch. But he's a 20 he's a, you guys are twenty and five guy. Hopefully, I was just what I'm hoping. I wish I have casting no aspersions. 
I know what he does, but he plays in spurts. And if some uh, team that's in the playoff uh, run at some point has a score and they need 18, 20 points a game, maybe they can move him there. Until that, you got to wait till next year. All the people I talk basketball with, and I talk a lot off the air to friends who were season ticket holders forever, we were all impressed with Jericho Sims. What he showed, what he has is this unbelievable athleticism. And when he's inside, he boxes out. He, he, he knows the right pass to make. The kid's got a future. Now, will he ever develop? Uh, will he be Tyson Chandler and Mitchell Robinson and never develop an 8-foot, 10-foot shot? I don't know. But That's that the key. Brilliant. That's the he key, was, like you said. That's the key. He was brilliant last night. They picked up a very seasoned big with Hartenstein. You don't have to look at the box score. He does a lot of good things, and he's a tough SOB. The best part I saw last night was the last five minutes of that game. I saw we have a floor general who knows what to do, gets into the paint, gets to the line. He's not a great shooter. He's good enough. But that kid, I love the scene on the bench with his pops, man. I mean, that was priceless. I'm out on Barrett. I love the kid, but I don't know if he's improved his game in the last 18 months. He looked sick to me last night. He looked like he was physically ill. He is sick. Ill. They, said he was, they said he was under the weather. So, you, you, know, you, you know, Spike, you should go into the medical profession. You, I mean, you nailed that one just from watching it on TV. Yeah, they said he wasn't feeling well. Oh, we lost Spike. We lost him. No, but you're right. They, they, they were, you know, Breenan uh, was talking about that on the air. Um, the, the, the Barrett's been under the weather. But look, I'm not going to use this. You know, we don't want to dump on R.J. Barrett here. But I, I kind of echo what Spike was saying there. And I've been talking about this. You know, last summer when we were having those chats about getting Donovan Mitchell and parting with R.J. Barrett and so many of you guys didn't want to trade him away and the ceiling and the upside and all those things. Well, you know what? Have you seen that improvement yet this year? All that upside, all that potential, all that ability. Look, I know it's only 14 games into the season, but the R.J. Barrett you're watching this year, is that guy any different than the one you saw last year? When he was good, he showed promise, he showed potential, but what is the next level? And the point that I had been making throughout the summer, whenever we got into a Donovan Mitchell thing, was simply, how do we know? that R.J. is going to get to a level that Mitchell is at right now. Not talking about where Mitchell could possibly be, because remember, he's only, what, 25 years old or 26 years old, whatever the hell he is. How do we know that R.J. is going to get to the level Mitchell's at right now? That's what you need to see. You need to start to see strides between now and the end of the season that he's even inching closer to that direction. Otherwise, oh well. And look, there's other fish in the ocean. There's going to be other number one guys on other teams. Hey, you just saw one on Sunday, by the way. You know that SGA is not long for OKC. You know it and I know it. I don't care what contract he signed. He's going to want out of there soon. He's not going to be part of their rebuilding plans. Nobody's going to want to stick it out down there. Point being, you're going to have to make tough decisions again down the road if you're Leon Rose or somebody. If you're going to go to chase that great white shark and the guy who is going to be your franchise player, when things aren't going well, you put the ball in his hands and he can deliver you a big bucket, stop the run from the other team, that sort of stuff. They don't have that guy right now. But if you need to go get him on some other team, that other team might say, hey, you know what, R.J. Barrett, we'd like to have him. He's young. Eventually, you might have to have a divorce, you know? These are real difficult adult conversations we're having right now. But you know what? Sometimes you got to have them. 
And if you want to do what's best for the overall future of the franchise, sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do. But you can't sit here and tell me right now that the Knicks would not be a better basketball team if, let's say, Donovan Mitchell was playing in the starting five instead of R.J. Barrett. 800-919-3776. More of your phone calls will also get into that KD interview with Bleacher Report. Boy, that was interesting, was it not? And if you didn't hear it or if you didn't read it, we'll fill you in. We'll talk some Patriot football. We'll go behind enemy lines with the Jets opponent come Sunday with our pal Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal at 8 o'clock. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. So, Nets got waxed last night. And it's funny, like, when I saw the score of the game and, you know, when I put it on to see what the hell was going on and 153 points, I'm like, did they let Steve Nash come back and coach a game last night? Because that was the kind of defense they played when, when Nash was still coaching them. I thought that they had this thing, you know, licked here with, with Jock Vaughn, and they had this all figured out. You know, there was more of a commitment to defense. So I thought. And then Kevin Durant does an interview with Bleacher Report. And, you know, gives the kind of 411 on the team and where things stand right now and, you know, weighed in on some the Kyrie stuff and all that, you know, all those things. But then the one that really caught my attention was specifically trying to try to maybe explain away the current state of affairs, where things are right now with the Brooklyn Nets. And he said, look at our starting lineup. Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton, and me. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? Durant asked the Bleacher Report. You expect us to win because I'm out there? So if you're watching from that lens, you're expecting us to play well because number seven is out there. I mean, he's not entirely wrong, right? But did it need to be said? Right? Is that something that needed to be articulated? And if you are one of those guys in that lineup who you know, gave you a little bit of a pop there in the article, is that something you need to hear? And is that something that you go back to Kevin Durant with and say, hey, so what's the deal? Right? Because it's funny, too, that he said that because once upon a time when the Nets were struggling, you know, one of the things that KD pointed out when Joe Harris was injured, remember? Like, and he tried to explain away, like, what happened last year. Like, well, Joe Harris was injured. So, it was good enough last year that Joe Harris was this valuable piece for you, and he was injured, and he couldn't play, but now Joe Harris is nothing more than chopped liver because, you know, the Nets aren't winning and they're underperforming, and even though he's back in the lineup. And he can't have it both ways. All right, look, he's a great player. He is a great player. But, you know, that lineup or that line about driving the bus, doing it yourself, 
it kind of seems to like resonate a little bit more to me when you see the Nets playing the way that they've been playing now. And they are directionless. You know, they don't have a captain of the ship right now. They just don't. I don't know where that thing is headed. They don't have leadership. They don't. They like to think they do. They like to pass it off that they do. But they don't. Here was Charles Barkley, by the way, last night on TNT, talking about the good old Brooklyn Nets. It's so amazing to me about basketball. You know, this team's been together for four years. And when, when they went there four years ago, we were like, oh, they're going to win a couple championships. They I mean, they're going to be in, they ain't even close. And it's almost over. I mean, it's, I mean, because obviously at the end of this year, there's going to be some wholesale changes. But man, when you got a good team, you have to take advantage of it. You, take cannot, advantage. you cannot be screwing around. This is a wasted four years for these guys. Well, it's not that I totally disagree with what he's saying, but what structure have they had in four years? Because there's always something, it seems like, that would bring this team down. And when you build a team around core guys, like supposedly Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, um, at one time or another, James Harden was there, then Ben Simmons was brought in, to all be like part of like the core guys, the guys you build around. When some or all of them are not even around and not even available, then what do you expect? So I disagree with when he says his team has been together for four years. A couple of guys have been there for four years in varying degrees of availability, but it's not like this team has been running the same five guys out on the floor each and every night for four straight years and they just haven't won. I mean, that's not fair. I know it makes for good TV and it makes for, you know, a good quote, but to be fair, there hasn't been any consistency. And they're the ones to blame to that. All right, you can say, oh, well, you know, it's not bad. No, it's not that it's bad luck. Like, they got themselves into this mess. When you bring in these type of dudes, right, Kyrie Irving, who burned all his bridges in Boston, didn't want to play with LeBron James anymore in Cleveland before that. And, I mean, now you could write a book and, you know, about everything that's gone on in Brooklyn. James Harden, who's been temperamental before, who's been lazy before, who basically, you know, ate his way out of Houston so we could come to Brooklyn. And then he pulled almost the same stuff, not necessarily from a, uh, a scale standpoint, but he didn't want any part of playing with Brooklyn, wasn't committed, wasn't professional, and he wanted to get himself to Philadelphia so we could go play for his buddy Daryl Morey because Daryl Morey is the only guy in the NBA who basically is going to turn the other way and not even acknowledge all of the things that James Harden maybe could do a little bit better on the court and off the court. And how's that working out, by the way? Down in Philadelphia. How that working out? 800-919-3776. Jay's in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 987 ESPN. Jay, how are you? Dan. Dan. Jay. Dan. You know, we go back like barber chairs. Tell your producer I, I, I know who you are, bro. He gave me the kind of short turn. Like, oh, no. Jay, Jay is like, Jay is like family. Him for crying out loud. Tell him, Dan, please. He's like family, you and I go back like, so These far. producers get caught off guard and get caught up in their own agenda, bro. Don't don't get caught because... No, you know what it is, Jay? Drive. Jay, you know what it is? They're, they're great people, but it's just like right. people can't understand how far we go back. That's the problem. Right. We go back like barber chairs, yo. It's like, not, it's, it's on, not natural how far back we go. For real, like, come on. How are you? But, tell um, me, tell me how's things. What's going on? So the boy, as you about to hear, you know what I mean. We were going to go ahead. He made all state 
all conference and everything. Nice. He was the best wide receiver in the state of New Jersey this year. Going to pit, um, right? Going to pit. Uh, <clears throat> might have to choke up. Uh oh. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. Now this is this is news. This is breaking news here. So is this an official? Is this an official decommitment we're talking about here? Probably might be coming down the pipes. <laughs> oh! Now, has he signed the letter of intent yet or no? Nope. Everything was verbal. Wow. Everything was verbal. So, be honest you with know, me. Uh, be honest with me. Because yeah, we go, we go, go back. Ahead. We go back. I'm going to ask you this question. How mm-hmm. much has NIL played a role in this wavering of a decision? A lot. Ooh! That's what I thought. That's what's happening. A lot. That's a what's lot, happening. Bro. Some of these people are passing up these 2023s and looking for the 2024s and forgetting about the 2023s. And, you know, that's what's happening. And in certain cities and certain towns, they're playing games. And they're going to be the ones that have to laugh now but cry later. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they're going to look up and see that these star-studded people Needed to be in, in, in charge of, of of their fundings, but they they playing games. So love is love. So what are, what uh, are we talking about time wise? Maybe for a decision. Uh, probably like we we have to we we still have our four officials there, so we kept those in our pocket. Wow, you, you get what I'm saying? So we played I, this I, out kind of right, man. We played this out kind of right, but well, uh, I was calling in regards thing. to yeah, I was calling in regards to the Knicks. And at and at the end of the day, on that avenue, we 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 we're going off the the smartest decision that he can make. You know, what I mean, I I step back. I'm like, all right, you you want to make this decision? I, I'm supporting. You. But in regards to the Knicks, um, I must say that Dan, you're always cooking with gas. The Knicks need to trust their young. They brought Bronson over here for a reason, as we can see. Most of these young men out here in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, some of these people are still in money. Some of these people found the blueprint like Sam Bradford, <laughs> and they said, you know what? I'm going to ride <laughs> yeah. this shit until the wheels fall off. You get what I'm saying? So at mm-hmm. the end of the day, the Knicks needs to find those key pieces and put them together. I want to take you back, Dan, to the New York Yankees when they had Gary Sanchez and the young boy was doing his thing and, and you had uh, CC and all those young guys on that, on that squad. And then you had an opportunity to go after John Carlos Stanton or J.D. Martinez, right? And you went after John Carlos Stanton. How did that turn out, Yankee fan? And what I'm well, he fell into their lap, whole- remember, because that was a salary dump more than anything else by the Marlins, which we knew was going to happen. Right. So at the end of the day, like, we go after these big names, but we haven't given the small pups opportunity to go ahead and get their shine. And the last I look, New York City is the city of the underdogs. We have been rooting for the underdogs. We have been considered the underdogs. We have been buried throughout these past three and a half years. We need to get back but, to but, the but new But, Jay, you know what the difference is? And I got to let you go, brother. Good hearing from you. I got to hit a break. Here's the difference, though, with baseball, basketball, when you're constructing a roster. Basketball, you bring in the one alpha dude, you're set. Changes your franchise. Baseball, you got nine guys in the lineup, right? 
you could build it through your farm system, developing players. We've seen small market teams do it. Cleveland, Tampa Bay, be successful, win. You don't need the big guns. Basketball, unless you hit the lottery in the draft, you might have to go out there and either get them in free agency or trade for them. That's the only way your franchise is going to turn around. Knicks don't have that guy. They got a few nice players. They don't have a number one, a true number one. 800-919-3776. Dan Grosser Show, till 930, right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. John in Staten Island is up next here hey. on 987. Hey, Johnny, up? how are you? Doing? Good, John. Uh, I just want to talk about the last call. He said that um, we need to go younger. I mean, Joe Carlos Stanton ha- held basically this year the most consecutive games at home in the playoffs besides Jim Tomei and Lou Gehrig. He's had a better career in the playoffs than Judge. So do we sign Judge or do we let Joe Carlos Stanton just play better than the play- Judge has nothing in the playoffs. I know. Look, it's a slippery slope, John, and I thank you for the phone call. You know, we talked about that last night with a couple of people when we were talking about the judge situation that he struggled in the playoffs. And by the way, it's not that it's unprecedented, right? Because you kind of had an idea, and, and, and we tried to guard against this even during the season. When he was sitting there and chasing 62 and trying to hit all those home runs, you say, well, you hope he's not empty in the tank and he's got nothing left in the playoffs. He didn't really have much left in the playoffs. Now, I don't know if, have, if one had anything to do with the other, but he certainly wasn't as productive in October as he was throughout the course of the season. Now, look, there was a lot of reasons why the Yankees, you know, got bounced by the Astros. But Judge not doing his thing, that was one of them. That was one of them. But am I going to say, the problem with Stanton is Stanton doesn't play during the regular season. Stanton's good for at least one or two trips to the injury list all throughout the course of 162. Stanton, the, the problem with Stanton is that the Yankees didn't need him. You know, and I think that Yankee fans are smart enough to know that. When they got him after 2017, Judge had that monster rookie year. They almost beat the Astros, went to Game 7. Then they go and they get Stanton because the Marlins were slashing salary. Yankee fans were like, okay, great, we'll take him. But the smart ones realized they didn't need him. They didn't need him. I don't think that it bettered the team in terms of roster construction in any way. And all these years later, it still hasn't. Still hasn't. All right, we come back. We'll switch gears. Little football, little behind enemy lines. Big one for the Jets and Pats this week in Foxborough. Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal helps us break down that team to the north. It's Dan Gross' show till 930. Then it's Knicks basketball right here on 9870 ESPN.